Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Build Value by Choice. I'm your host, Nana Bonsu, President and CEO of Infinite Horizons Incorporated. Infinite Horizons is an education and business coaching firm for small business owners. We have a free product for you, which you can get at bit.ly, bit.ly, forward slash, productize ebook, P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-Z-E, ebook one. This week, we are going to be talking about the Mass Mutual 2022 Business Owner Perspective Survey. And I have as my guest today, Brian Trzinski. Brian has been on a couple of times. We spoke with him uh, towards the end of last year. We had, uh, we had at least two episodes and he's back for a third. He promised and he kept his promise that whenever the last time we spoke, they had the 2018 out. I said, Brian, this is kind of a, getting a little bit old. So he's like, well, we're working on a new one. So I was like, okay, do you promise that if the new one comes out, you're going to come back and update us on on the new uh, the new report and, and he agreed to do it and he's back. So uh, welcome to the show, Brian. Really appreciate having you on. Hey, Nan, it's good to be back and, and glad to be sharing the new research with your with your folks. Wonderful. So I am going to read a little bit about um, uh, Brian's uh, bio. Uh, Brian has spent his entire career as a marketing professional in the financial services industry. He has been with MASH Mutual since 2006, serving as Director of Life Part of Marketing, Regional Marketing Director, and currently is the Director of Business Market Development. In his current role, Brian is responsible for all marketing programs aimed at assisting the business on a marketplace, including research, educational content, strategic partnerships, and sales tool development. Prior to joining Mass Mutual, he spent six years with MetLife as a marketing manager in his life product, financial planning, and broker deal organizations. He has experienced marketing to both the career agency system and independent distribution channels. He's recognized as a certified exit planning advisor, CEPA from the Exit Planning Institute. Brian hosts a master's degree from Emerson College in writing and publishing and a bachelor's degree in communication and journalism from Stonehill College. In his spare time, he's a certified personal fitness trainer, a youth travel and AAU basketball coach. So again, welcome back, Brian. Thank you. Wonderful. So I want to you know, kind of get started by, you know, if you recently released the 2022, um, like I mentioned, uh, can you give us what the main findings were in this report? Yeah, you know, it, 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 the main findings in this report are oftentimes similar to the main findings in, in, in every report that we do. Uh, you know, first and foremost, at a very high level, um, business owners are spending the majority of their time working in their business and not on their business. There's significant gaps in their planning. There's significant gaps in their documentation. Um, there's significant gaps in their ability to, to fund their lifestyle when they exit their business. You know, another thing that's that's very consistent from survey to survey is that keeping key employees loyal to the business continues to be their number one concern when it comes to business planning. Um, we see that every time we do the research. And, and I just really think it underscores the importance of business owners really having trusted advisors who can work with them, help them through these processes. Because the other thing we oftentimes see is that business owners will start the process of doing this planning, but they never see it through. And, and I think having advisors that can hold them accountable to that, having advisors who can help them understand how they can they can accomplish it in bite-sized chunks rather than you know being so daunting that it's 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 just something that they never think they can get to is really important. So you think one of the factors why you know business owners tend to struggle with long-term planning is just the daunting, sometimes the seemingly daunting nature of it. 
Yeah, I think there's a couple of factors. That one of the things that we find, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners do as well, and when, when things are too complicated, things are too complex, too time consuming, too daunting, business owners do nothing, right? And they, they just kind of run the other direction. But even kind of underneath that, the, the the three most common sort of barriers to business owners doing this type of planning are, you know, a lack of perceived need, right? The whole notion that, you know, that's not going to happen to me, it's going to happen to the other person, or I don't need to think about that right now. Um, that's something I got to, you know, I got time to worry about. Um, lack of perceived resources. You know, a lot of business owners think this type of planning is expensive um, and, and they're so busy putting their time, money and energy back into the business instead of what we call the 1% solution is, is really what business owners should be doing is investing 1% of the value of their business in this type of planning. And, and so few business owners look at it that way. Um, and then, and then the last one's a lack of time, right? They're they're just so busy focused on what's coming next, making payroll, whatever whatever the next strategic, you know, deliverable is or product or service that they're bringing to market that they just oftentimes you know deprioritize this, and the, and that and and that's often the, the main three reasons why we see business owners you know haven't seen the processes through. Yeah. So when it comes to this, um, so you know, lack of perceived need, lack of uh, perceived resource or lack of resource, perceived you know lack of resources and and the uh, lack of time. Um, what advice or what is I mean beyond just you know you, you making the case that hey having an advisor an, an external person with an external view um, who's vested in your success helps you navigate through these things. Beyond that, what other tips do you have for uh, business owners to Invest in long-term planning, and um, and what are, you know, and how do you navigate some of these you know, roadblocks? I, I think there's two ways to look at it, Nan. I, I think the first way to look at it is from the perspective of the advisor, right? Because what business owners tell us that they want is they want a one-stop shop, right? They don't want to have to go to four, five, six different advisors to get done what they need to get to. They want that advisor that truly is the quarterback of their advisory team. And when they find that person, that person that can bring the best thinking of all the other advisors together and sort of simplify it for the business owner, that goes a long way to helping them get over that inertia. I, I think from the business owner perspective, it, they really need to understand the impact that their business planning has on their personal plan. And in our research, they told us that 83, 83% of business owners recognize that the two of them are interrelated. But yet 80% want to separate that. They want to separate the planning. So there's a disconnect between the understanding that, you know what, I definitely realize that how I plan for my business and the future of my business will impact my future financial and current financial position. They still don't want to do that planning together. And that kind of gets back to that whole making it more complicated and complex, I think, than it really needs to be. And I think when business owners can find that advisor that can do both things, look at the business and the personal from a similar lens, help them understand how one impacts the other and look at it more from just the perspective of income, right? Because when we talk to business owners and we, we dig a little bit deeper to understand, well, tell us a little bit more about how the business and personal are interrelated. Immediately they say, well, it's the income that the business spits off. That's how they're related. And there's so much more to it than that, right? There's, a, you know, there's about how your exit strategy is going to impact your future income. It's how, God forbid, something unfortunate happened to you or one of your partners, what's going to happen to the continuity of the business, right? It's how we take care of our employees. So really kind of giving them a picture of not just the income that the business spits out, 
But in other words, how, how protecting the business can impact all areas of your personal financial position really goes a long way to overcoming that inertia. Now, you talk about exit strategy. Do you think, because I heard over the weekend, Magic, you know, Magic Johnson, the basketball great, talk about how every business needs to have a three to five year uh, exit strategy, every business. Um, do you see any gaps in terms of this understanding of my business owners? Because a lot of business owners think of exit strategy as some kind of you know, retirement, but that's not, that's, that's not what it is. It's more of a business strategy more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there, there's two ways to look at it, right? There's, there's, there's your vertical exit strategy and then there's your horizontal exit strategy, right? Your, your vertical exit strategy is when you walk out of the business on your own, that's that whole retirement you know, area that you were talking on. But then there's also the one that, again, God forbid something happens and you're forced to leave your business, whether it's due to a death, a disability, some sort of departure that was unexpected. And, you know, and when we look at our research, you know, business owners don't have a lot of the documentation in place to do these sorts of things, right? So a buy-sell agreement, let's talk about the horizontal first, the unexpected, right? Only about 32% of business owners told us that they have a buy-sell agreement in place, right? When you've got, when you've got multiple partners, you've got to have a buy-sell agreement in place because you have to have a document that's going to stipulate how the business ownership is going to transfer when there's a trigger in event, right? That death, disability, divorce, departure, those types of things. But even going a little bit deeper beyond having the document itself, many of these documents aren't funded, right? So we see far too many times when there's, when there's an unfortunate or an unforeseen transition that happens in a business, there's no money to fund that buyout. So you know, those buyouts occur uh, when you've got to buy out a surviving estate or a surviving spouse from cash flow from the business. And that can put tremendous strain on the business itself and its ability to continue um, when that uh, when that death or disability occurs, so having that buy sell agreement is, is really is really vital. And unfortunately, only a third of folks have it. When we talk about sort of the vertical exit, right? When you exit on your terms, right? When you're going to retire, this whole idea of succession planning continues to be something that business owners just aren't giving enough attention to. So, in our research, 35% of business owners have started the process of developing a succession plan. Now, anybody who's gone through this knows that this is not a singular one and done event. There's a lot of things that go into building a, a good succession plan, right? You've got to understand your future income needs. You've got to select the appropriate exit strategy. You've got to train and groom successors. You've got to research different buyers, right? You've got to build a management team, all these steps that go into it. And when we look at all those different steps, our research told us that only 8% of business owners have taken all of those high-level necessary steps to build a true succession plan. So business owners just kind of wake up one day and decide, you know what, I think I'm ready to go do something else. But they haven't put all those steps in place that's going to ensure that they've built a transferable business, one that's going to be sellable and one that's going to be successful when the next generation or ownership team takes over. And that's a problem. And that leads to so many of these businesses and business owners not being able to exit on their terms like they had planned. That's great. One of the, in the report, one of the, you know, you mentioned the uh, preparing for the possible um, disability or death of either the owner or a key employee. One of the other core pillars was knowing what your business is worth. And in their report, the top two reasons why owners, um, you know, gave for wanting to know the, the, the worth of your business was 
measuring the health of the business and knowing its growth potential. Could you tell us a little bit more about just you know this that pillar, particular pillar about why business owners need to know why their businesses work, what their business is worth? Yeah. So one of the interesting things we did with the survey this this time around that we hadn't done historically was not only look at business owners' interest in their current value because that's something we're starting to see more and more with business owners wanting to have an understanding of. And you're exactly right, Nana. When it comes to current value. Their, their, their motivations for understanding current value are really all about those success metrics. That's how they're, that's how they're measuring those KPIs to say, yep, my business is healthy. Um, however, you know, only about a third or so of business owners have even had a, a business valuation done. So that whole cur- idea of current valuation is really like, like you were saying, it's all about measuring the health. When we looked at a business owner's interest in their future valuation, it kind of changed a little bit. That's where we started to see business owners more interested in things like, well, I need to know if my business is going to be able to support my, my lifestyle and retirement. I need to know my future value for potential estate planning purposes. So now we started to say, at least in our world, you know, those are the things that we really talk about when it comes to valuation. We're like, okay, so maybe we need to position this a little bit different with business owners. Yeah, you need to know your current value today because it's important for funding agreements and, and those types of things. But it's really that potential current value that's really going to get business owners over that inertia I was talking about earlier. And 50% of business owners told us, 48, uh, almost 50%, told us that they do expect that their business is going to grow in the future. And 57% said that that growth is going to happen by strategically improving the operations in their business. So not through mergers, not through acquisitions. It's business owners really kind of digging into the operations of their business, understanding where their deficiencies are, and fixing those problems. So that was, that was music to our ears because that's exactly how we positioned it. Now, the question is, is are the business owners going to follow through on that? Um, because that's the right strategy. Um, but again, what I think remains to be seen over the next five, you know, five, 10, 15 years as these baby boomers start to get ready to transition, are they really going to dedicate that time and resource to improving their operations so they can A, maximize their value when they're ready to exit and B, truly build a sellable or transferable business? What are some of the key factors in determining the value of a business? Well, you know, we always like to say um, that, you know, 80% of a business's value is tied up in intangible assets, right? It's not the hard assets. It's not your plant, your property, your equipment. That makes up about 20% of your value. And that's why it's so difficult for business owners to value their business themselves. It's challenging for them to put a value on those intangibles. And my, my friends at the Exit Planning Institute put those, those, four, those intangibles into what they call the four capitals, right? Your structural capital, that's your documentations, your patents, uh, you know, all your trademarks, basically the manual of, of, of what you do, statements of work, et cetera, that make your business unique. There's also your uh, human capital, right? That's your, your employee, your management team, those people that make your business run every day. Your social capital, right? That's your reputation. That's your brand. Um, all those things that people in the community expect of you. And then finally, your customer capital, right? How likely are your customers going to be repeat customers? How likely are they going to refer new customers to you? So that all those things make up 80% of a business's value. And when a potential acquirer comes in, that's what they want to see. They want to see businesses that have strong customer, human, uh, you know, brand and uh, social capital, because that's essentially what there is going to predict the business's ability to generate future revenue and profit. The, the equipment that you have out, on, you know, in, in the back lot or the inventory that you have sitting on the shelf, that's not an indicator of potential future growth. 
those four capitals are. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's uh, a great point. Now, when it comes to this future value and the growth potential and them, uh, you know, wanting to scale their operations and the fact that, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, you're curious about whether or not they're going to follow through. Is that where, like, you know, having the advisor also kind of helps in terms of helping, like, hold them accountable or just helping facilitate the conversations with other advisors, whether it's the, uh, you know, when it comes to the estate planning and among other things? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Because there's a, there, like everything, there's steps to that process as well, right? The first thing you have to do is, is, an, is an assessment of your business, assessment of your current value, assessment of the value drivers, right? There are things in your business levers that you can pull as a business owner that will increase your value, as well as things that maybe you don't have in your business that will detract your value, right? So understanding those value drivers is key in doing an assessment. Then the next thing you have to do is de-risk. Right? There's, there's, there's no point in, in, in investing time, money, and energy in growing the value of your business if you have all this exposure, right? because you're never going to truly realize that enhanced value. Because again, an acquirer who comes in and looks at your business, they're going to make you an offer based on how risky it is for them to acquire that business. And the less risk you have in the business, the higher the multiple you'll realize. So de-risking the business is the first thing. And, when I, and, and examples of de-risking the business you know, are not things like not having, you know, agreements in place, not having the right funding in place, you know, may, you know, the business being exposed to losing key employees, not having reoccurring revenue models and being reliant on one customer, right? Those types of risks have to be shored up. And then the next step is to say, okay, well, now I've made the decision that I'm going to keep this business, I'm going to grow this business, and then taking the necessary steps to improve on those value drivers that are impacting your value. And then you can you can you can maximize your value and hopefully achieve that multiple that you want when you're ready to exit. And it, how does how does those um, factors become even more important in in the you know either post pandemic depending on your perspective whether it's post pandemic or you know for some people we're still going through the pandemic and even the recession some people think we are some people think it's coming right so how does that even kind of get accentuated in this kind of conditions that we're going through right now? Well, I mean, I think right now, you know, a lot of it stems around supply chain, right? I, I think a lot of the things that we're seeing right now with businesses is, you know, whenever, whenever there's the thing about owning a business is most of the time when there's a pandemic or there's a disaster or there's something that happens that's going to impact the business, the problems that were already in the business just get exacerbated. <laughs> like these issues inside the business didn't just, didn't just happen because of the pandemic. They probably were always there, but they weren't really noticeable because we were in a situation where there was a, a recession or a disaster or a pandemic, right? So what I think this underscores for business owners kind of getting back to that strategically improving the operation of the business, you shouldn't just really do that because you want to increase the value of the business where you absolutely should. That should be a main reason. But you also should do it so that you recession-proof or pandemic-proof or disaster-proof your business, because that's when you're going to see things like supply chain issues. That's when you're going to see a lack of supplier diversification or a lack of customer diversification. That's when you're going to see those things really rear their ugly heads is in times like this when, there, when there's issues. So understanding those value drivers, not just from the perspective of going value, but also making sure that your business can weather these storms can really mean the difference between coming out of it successfully or shutting the doors. Um, and, and I think, you know, supply chain is a great example. 
you know, most of these issues with the supply chain, I'm even talking at a macro level, not just to the small business. The supply chains were already brittle, right? And what we're seeing now with all these issues is now that it's really becoming an issue. Um, and one of the things to always keep in mind, especially as a small business owner, your employees are critical to that supply chain. So kind of getting back to that idea that keeping key employees loyal is a major concern of business owners. That really should hold a lot of water for business owners because you know, one of the best ways to kind of have, to be able to deliver on the goods and services that you've promised your community is by having a good, strong group of employees management team that can deliver on that promise. Yeah. Now, in their report, there was also a couple of different traits that businesses use when, you know, when or display when they're making decisions about their business. Some of them are more like, you know, current based, like, you know, whether it's, you know, profit or, you know, want to be able to fund some things. But you, I believe their report also mentioned that there's less emphasis. They mention it, but they don't focus on it as much, you know, when they're making decisions about their business. And that is exit, value, legacy, those kind of traits. Do you have any sense of why, you know, based on the information that you have, why that's the case? So there's really there's really two there's really two ways that a business owner becomes a business owner, right? There's sort of internally motivating factors and there's kind of externally motivating factors. And what we found in our research is that most business owners are business owners because of those internal factors and kind of giving credit to our, our, our friend, John Roll over at Value Builder, right? He classifies those internal factors as sort of the mountain climbers, the freedom fighters, and the craftspeople, right? The craftspeople, the people that have a passion for their trade, they, they love what they do, they love their work, and they want to they do that for, for, the, for their life, right? The mountain climbers are the ones that are all about cash and success, the serial entrepreneurs, if you will. And then the freedom fighters are those that, you know, wanted to be their own boss. They wanted to have that lifestyle of freedom and uh, of owning a business and that sort of thing. So most business owners fall into one of those three camps. The external factors are what we call the legacy protectors and the emergency entrepreneurs, right? The legacy protectors are oftentimes the family-owned business where they, they assumed ownership because that was kind of expected of them as a, as a, as a, member of the next generation of the family. Only 19% of business owners in our survey became a business owner for that reason. Then even smaller were emergency entrepreneurs. 9% took over because something unexpected happened and forced into the role of being a business owner. So when we look at those, most considering most business owners being internally fact, internal factors motivating them, you know, we, start to, we start to understand what that means in terms of their attitudes towards exit. And, you know, most business owners that have that idea, you look at the craftspeople, for example, they've got that die at my desk mentality, right? They're, they're, they don't necessarily understand that exit planning is for everybody, like Magic Johnson said, right? They think exit planning is only for the big companies, right? I'm just a, I, I, I'm just a mechanic. I just own a, a landscaping business. I just, whatever, whatever the, the trade is, they don't necessarily think of those terms, you know? And then for the mountain climbers, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, they're always thinking about exit but it's oftentimes thought about in terms of, you know, how can I get the highest multiple for my business? You know, how can I, how can I get out of this business to start another business? So when, when, we, when we, especially for those advisors out there, when we talk about understanding business owners, this is really where it needs to start. In order to have that right, meaningful conversation, you need to understand what motivated that individual to become a business owner in the first place. Because that's really going to indicate and dictate how you need to position something like exit planning to have an effect on them and want them to take action. You're not going to talk to a craftsperson the way you talk to a mountain climber. You're not going to talk to a freedom fighter the way you talk to an emergency entrepreneur. Just completely different mindset. So it's very important to understand the motivating factors 
Great. So in their report, also you did have some some numbers, which is that according to the Federal Reserve, an estimated six hundred thousand businesses tend to close every year. That's kind of table stakes. But then in addition, two hundred thousand closed because of the pandemic. Um, any reason that is? I know you mentioned that some of these factors get exacerbated because there were some lingering issues that were not attended to. But are there any any other pieces of advice or information that you could perspective that you could share on this? You know, I, I I don't. I mean, we didn't we didn't really we didn't really look too much at, at the pandemic because obviously we we do this research every every three years, so a lot of it's around trending. We did ask some pandemic questions, and, and we did find that the two the two top reasons or the two top things business owners were concerned about coming out of the pandemic again were keeping their employees loyal and keeping them you know in in the business, and then supply chain issues. Those those were the top two things. I mean, obviously, I, I think I don't necessarily think there's any any insight to glean from that statistic from the Federal Reserve, other than the fact that this has been a very tough time for business owners, and you know, and I and I think it, I think it again, sort of to reiterate the point, it shows the importance of of looking at your operations, shoring up your operations, so that you can be prepared for the next time something like this happens, and it may not be a pandemic, it may be something else, um, but just doing those things is just good business planning. No, forget about, you know, you know, exit planning, forget about valuation, you know, that obviously that stuff will come, but making sure your operations are, are sound is just good business planning. Any other advice, um, you know, uh, revelations that this report um, revealed that will be uh, of use to uh, business owners? You know, I, I always kind of come back to this because I, I, I always, and I think we did a podcast about this last year. I think this was one of our topic, you know, retirement planning just continues to be a blind spot for business owners. You know, I, we ask business owners, what is your number one goal when you exit your business? 57%, the number one goal was to ma- maintain my current lifestyle, my, you know, financially when I exit my business. Um, yet, you know, so few business owners are, are taking the necessary steps to do this. So, you know, I talk a lot about this, this idea that the business being their lifestyle and their business being their baby, right? And, and 62% of business owners said, you know what? I'm concerned about missing my role when I exit my business. And 60%, almost the same exact amounts that I would exit sooner if my financial security were assured. Um, you know, 60% of business owners also say that they're going to have to adjust their lifestyle when they exit your, their business. You know, this is a problem. And when we take it even a step further and realize that 65% of business owners have less than a half a million dollars saved in their retirement accounts, these folks are really reliant on their business to fund their retirement. So we talk about value growth and future value and strategically growing the the value through their operations. When the business is going to be your retirement, you better make sure that you're going to sell your business for the highest multiple possible, or you really won't be able to realize that, 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 that retirement goal. The other option would be, and we always tell business owners that this is a sound option, is that you need to start growing the value of assets outside your business. Don't have your business be your source of retirement. So, you know, we hear time and time again, they want to maintain their lifestyle, but, you know, the reality of it is unless they're doing the right planning, unless they're growing the value of their business, they're, they're saving money outside the business, they're accumulating assets outside their business. It's hard to imagine that that's going to be a reality. And it's really sad when you consider all the, the blood, sweat, and tears business owners have put into growing successful businesses to not be able to reap the rewards of that when the time comes for them to leave. So, you know, I, I always like to say, you know, don't let retirement planning be a blind spot. Address it. The sooner you address it, the more options you're going to have. Um, and don't have the business be your sole source of retirement income. Diversify and save in other places. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, uh, Brian. We really appreciate your insight. Again, this is the third in the series with Brian. Brian is always uh, uh, a wealth of knowledge, and we appreciate you coming on and giving us the insider's view of this report. That's That's been you know, very helpful. I, I learned a lot, and I hope our audience got a lot out of it as well. Uh, how do yeah. people get in touch with you uh, or, you know, or Mass Mutual if they want to kind of learn more? Yeah, my pleasure, Nana. Thanks for having me. And and, and we only scratched the surface to the findings from this research today. Obviously, we, yeah. time is limited. But if you're interested in seeing the whole executive summary, we do have it out on massmutual.com. Um, the 2022 Business Owner Perspective Study, you can find it on our website. We also have a series of blog articles that dive a little bit deeper into a lot of these topics that we were talking about today. Um, so definitely encourage you to check those out on massmutual.com as well. Um, and if you're interested in, in, in discussing any of these topics as a business owner or, or, or want to meet with somebody who can address these and help you understand them a little bit more, um, feel free to contact a financial professional on, on massmutual.com as well. Um, but it's truly been a pleasure. I, I love sharing these insights. I think it's so important to understand the mindset of business owners. And I, and I think the more conversations we can have about these topics, um, the more the more secure and, and, and the better futures we're going to be able to provide, not only for the continuity of the business, but also the, 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 the future lifestyle of the business owner and their family. So happy to share these insights with you and, and look forward to maybe doing it again sometime. Yep. Yeah. No, you're doing the last work because, I mean, if you impact one business owner, you impact the whole community and the whole nation. So that's a, that's a wonderful uh, episode that we just had. I encourage our listeners to uh, leave a comment on the show's uh, Facebook page. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe, uh, give us a rating or a review on a, on a, any of the podcast platforms that you listen to. Until next week, uh, bye for now. Take care.